Welcome to the Joe Swanson Propaganda Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Kingpin Tattoo Supply. Kingpin can be found online at kingpintattoosupply.com. They're also on Instagram at kingpintattoosupply. I'd like to also give a special uh, thanks to Waterloo Tattoo Workstations and Hustle Butter Deluxe. My guest today, uh, I'm super happy to have him on. Um, these guys started out of their apartment um, with a handful of t-shirts and have built a company that is internationally known, represented, um, a community of really creative and cool individuals are surrounded by this company. Um, my guests today are uh, Ryan uh, Smith and Jeremy Hanna from Sullen. How you doing, guys? Great, man. Good, good. Thanks for having us on, Joe. Yeah, thanks. You know what? It's my pleasure. I, you know, having gotten into a little bit of technology myself with um, doing this podcast and now doing some YouTube videos and little clips and shit like that. I'm always looking at other stuff. I was super into the, the tattoo love documentary that was made by some Italian filmmakers, the vice stuff that they have on tattoo age. And I came across your guys' stuff cause it's right out there um, with all that other stuff. And you know, the convention coverage is super cool. You get to see, you know, kind of the vibe of those places. Um, you know, I really liked the topical stuff, too. You know, you guys hit on some topics like, you know, do you call this tattoo machine a machine or a gun? You know, should I use numbing cream or shouldn't I? You know, that kind of stuff is cool to hear for me as an artist. But also, I think, you know, as I'm talking to clients every day, I think it's cool for them to hear little the little nuances about, you know, getting tattooed and, and being a part of that culture. Was it always an intention for you guys to kind of build a culture around your business? Yeah, I think um, my background was tattooing. I started tattooing in 1996. And so as we kind of grew into doing, you know, really breaking the line into specifically for tattooing, we knew that there was uh, subtlety within the tattoo market that we could really uh, bring to light, you know, because a lot of people, they don't realize that my background is tattooing and, I, and, and I'm a huge fan of tattooing. So it's like a lot of those ideas as far as concepts for videos, you know, um, we realize that those come from a very, uh, you know, like a, it's a more thoughtful expression of like tattoo knowledge, you know, and, and, and like for us, it's like we're constantly trying to portray that, you know, and so it's like by bringing up concepts that, you know, traditional videos, they wouldn't touch on because they're not as tied into the fabric of the culture you know, and so for us, it's we're constantly trying to uh, put out information that we think that real, true fans of tattooing want to know. I think uh, I think you're right, and I think that with the internet and the way things are and the connectivity that people can have, you can put that stuff out. And I think it's even gonna at this in this day and age, it's gonna reach even a greater audience outside of the scope of just your, you know, core community. You know, and definitely different from when you guys started. You know, twelve. So years ago, Jeremy, like you guys were in your apartment, right? Couple T-shirts, collaborating with artists, and the, you know it's another thing that I dig about what Sullen does is the collaborative stuff. You know, from you know two guys owning the company collaborating to the T-shirt designs, and all the way through, kind of it seems that that connectivity is is built into the company. Is is that intentional? Was back when you guys started, Jeremy? Was it something that you guys thought of? Uh, you know, to continue that um, collective work? 
You know what? I mean, we definitely uh, evolved and changed. I think we were a little bit more action sports driven, you know, being born and raised in Southern California. And Ryan was always tattooing and it always um, had a lot, like a lot of his lettering and artwork always had that, that look and feel to it. But I think the art fusion and the collaborations, they came later, probably like year, year, year five, you know, because we were still trying to figure things out. We actually had stickers before we had any shirts. You know, that was, that was our marketing, was throwing stickers all over California, you know. But, um, but you know, luckily I'm, I'm glad that it did go where it went, you know. And then when we finally kind of found our niche, you know, the light bulb went off. And we're like, okay, this is, this is what we're supposed to be doing. It just felt right. I think yeah, yeah. it's like when we started, like we didn't know what we were doing. So all that we had to go off of was the brands that, you know, we could see. So we were looking at Billabong and Volcom and, you know. These guys all started right up the street from us, you know. We, we watched Ruka and Volcom and all these brands blow up. So that's what was always around us, you know. So we never even thought that like tattooing was an element that we could kind of go after. And it was like years of designing with you know, <clears throat> from what we call like an icon-driven aesthetic, you know, and like realizing that we just never really fit in there, you know, and so, you know, like, um, you know, at some point, um, I think it was like the first tattoo convention that we ever like set up and sold at, like we looked around and we were like, this is the people that we are, you know what I mean? Like, this is where we need to be. And it was like... And that, we sold more shirts than we never sold. Yeah, you know, because like we didn't consider ourselves bro or moto but we didn't consider ourselves surfers so we liked this like dark aesthetic but we weren't like riding dirt bikes on the weekend so right. it's like we had a hard time trying to figure out who we were and who we were trying to market to so once we once we went into the tattoo conventions and we realized wow there's a whole room of guys that want to wear black shirts or stuff that's tougher yeah. and uh you know and they look like we look and so it was like since that moment, it was like we just went, you know, we said, this is who we are. Yeah. We should not do anything else and, and made that our sole focus. Yeah, absolutely. The, the common vein that runs through all those different, you know, creative outlets is, is most of those people are tattooed. And you definitely your stuff, when I first was introduced to your stuff through, it was uh, Rob Struven at Garage Inc., um, he had some, I think he had done some stuff for you guys a long time ago and, and uh, had some prints and things on, hanging on the wall and um, definitely have a Southern California feel to it, you know? And I see that like, for me looking at it as a consumer, I look at it now, it looks like you guys are even branching out a little bit more as tattooing has become almost more, you know, global, right? It's, you guys still have that aesthetic there, but it's, I, man. And the one that, the one that gets me right now is that, uh, the big gust, steady, steady grinding shirt, man, that, that shit's so cool. And it's got that graffiti flair to it, you know? And it's, it's, uh, you know, even the shirt that you're wearing, Ryan, right now, you know, with the, it's more traditional, you know, it's less of the Southern California black and gray, which is kind of seems to me, you know, a lot what you guys do. But um, I like that, you know, it's branching out. I like to see those, you know, a, pop, a little pop of color here and there. I'm a color guy, so I like that stuff, you know. Yeah, I mean, like for us, like the intention was to always keep it very open, you know, like. You know, we just happened to run in a circle that was deeply black and gray, but like our mantra is not to be exclusive or not to appreciate all forms of tattooing. You know, like for us, we have to continue, like we can only, we can only really print what 
the market will accept. Mm -hmm. So there are certain aesthetics that just don't work for us. But as much as we can broaden it, we like to try to because, you know, like, you know, we aren't exclusive people. We don't try to, you know, we try to be very welcoming. We'll bring on artists that have no names and we'll bring on artists that have huge names. Like, right. it's never been about, um, it's always been about appreciating good art. Like, if you're a really good artist, you know, we want to work with you, you know, and so. Truly you know, art driven. Yeah. And just whether like you're, yeah, just like you said traditional or black and gray like we love it all so you know um you know so what you see a lot of is, is, what is what tends to sell on the west coast which is where we're based but um yeah every year we're trying to figure out uh new people that have a different take as long as it like roots back to tattooing it has like a masculinity to it um then we want to we want to like explore those options you know so it's just you know, early in the early days, you know, a lot of the same guys that started get, catching wind that we were doing this, they all kind of, you know, the clicks, they all kind of come at once, you know, and so it was very heavily black and gray and stuff like that, which is awesome. We still love doing it, but, you know, we didn't want to just be like that because that was never our intention. You have some incredible lettering guys too, you know, with, uh, I love that do Flox letters and BJ was just on the show last week and, um, you know, really, really cool stuff. Is that where does the graffiti stuff come from? With is that just because of the people that were surrounded? You know, that you started collaborating with early on, or yeah, I think like because I'm the creative director, I kind of like I get to put personal projects. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like for me, lettering is a passion of mine. So plus, this guy's a great lettering himself. You no, know, no, I'm kidding. But like I get to work with, you know, like if I have the opportunity to work with a guy like Norm or BJ or Flox, mm -hmm. and then it just kind of like, you know, once you get like a few of them going, then all of a sudden you're meeting with more and then, you know, and so, um, you know, so yeah, I, I feel very blessed with all these guys that I consider like Jack Rudy, you know, he comes in here and, uh, and draws and I get to watch him draw a lettering. I mean, he was probably... The, the the my first great influence in lettering back in the 90s when you know uh before like lettering was really a thing he was really the guy that was like you know so to have him come in and get to watch him draw and then we kind of you know uh started working with more guys so i think it really stemmed from my passion of lettering and like my pursuit of that so like i would pursue guys like norm i would pursue guys like bj I remember getting his lettering books and trying to find a way to contact him and it would be like bjbets.com and it would like link to nowhere. <laughs> so it took me years to finally run into him and I'm just like, oh my God, I was like a little kid like meeting him, you know. He's the nicest dude too. He's great. Like, Super nice. Huge motherfucker and the nicest guy, you know. Yeah. Like just, uh, I met him for the first time I, uh, out at, um, in Colorado this last year when I did a couple live shows. I had him on my live shows out there and uh, really great guy. Really nice he's, and, and he's friendly cool. and humble. Yeah. So so that's uh, kind of how those guys came around. And so now like we try to support the lettering community by doing like contests where we're giving away machines or just fun ways to get people to interact and to compete and you know, because like for us, that sense of community is really important. And yeah, so, yeah. and, and that authenticity, like, you know, the things that we're doing, we're doing it as this genuine 
uh, desire to see things progress. Right. And, and, you know, like we're finding too, like when we provide for that, it's like we're able to like meet people that just assumed that we were just unavailable or, you know, and, it, and it's been a really cool experience to like, uh, you know, open that up and, and find all these other new guys doing lettering that you just, that are like blowing your mind even further, you know? It's a different time, you know, and with the, with the internet and like I said, the connectivity and you can go and see some guy that's doing something in Russia that is just ridiculous, you know, and you, I can't even understand how he's doing that. And this guy I've never heard of. I've never seen his Instagram other than it just accidentally popped up on my popular page now. And it's, it's crazy. You know, what's, what's the biggest difference for you, Jeremy, you know, dealing with a, a company from way back then. I mean, it was before, you know, or I guess just after the internet, you guys came in within the internet age, but it wasn't as prevalent as it, as it is now. What's the biggest difference do you think, you know, being a part of the selling back then and now today? I mean, Brian's always been more tech savvy than myself, but I just, I, I think back to, uh, you know, when we first started my, my, my ways of, of, of getting it out to people, you know, throwing all the different events. Because, you know, the first few years, like I said, we were still trying to find ourselves a little bit and still green at it, you know. But then when, I mean, I remember when text messaging first came along, you know, and then I was like, whoa, I can reach out to everybody. And I was, you know what I mean? Like I would, whether it was a warehouse sale or, or a skate demo or an event, I'm sitting there texting everybody, you know. And I was never real big on MySpace, but, you know, I definitely took advantage of Facebook and now Instagram. Um, you know, but I was lucky enough, Ryan being my best friend and my business partner, he's been, you know, tattooing for the last 18 years. I, um, I kind of was, I guess, around the tattoo community with mainly him kind of telling me do's and don'ts and, and etiquette and, 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 you know, all the conversations that we all already have. Whereas, um, you know, cause I'm not a tattooer, I'm not an artist, but, uh, I'm a collector and I like to get tattooed. Um, but I think I was just kind of fortunate to to learn a lot even before the internet, um, have a little bit of a head start, but I tell everybody, um, it's there, you know, take advantage of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You just got tattooed in Germany, right? In Frankfurt? I did. I did. Andy Engel, he, uh, he says, Hey, Hey guys, I don't want to do a real big tattoo tomorrow. Maybe something small. Does anybody want one? And I was like, yes, please. Yes. Yeah. He just, he did this, uh, uh black widow spider here up on my neck. Oh, nice. My shoulder. Yeah. Fun, I like man. to tattoo, especially when I'm traveling, you know, just a little cute. What's your favorite travel spot? A little bit of a... Oh, man, we fell in love with Australia. Yeah. yeah we went to, we just recently did Sydney for the uh, the Rockstar Inked Up Tour. And uh, I think Hawaii is another. Well, yeah, Hawaii. Hawaii is, have you been to Hawaii? Yeah, I have. I've been to Kauai uh, twice. I tattooed out there and um, both times and yeah. uh, visited as well. But um... it's just, I love that Islander vibe. You get out there and it's just. I, if I can, if I were to move anywhere, I could see myself moving. It forces online. you to slow down, and it's so great we get to go for a tattoo convention. Yeah, yeah right. I I can imagine. Um, what was what's the coolest thing about Australia? What what was? Uh, what I think was, it's I've like, never been there. Or... It's like if you mix Hawaii and California and and mix it together, that's Australia. Like it's very tattoo friendly. The people are really nice. Everything's like. Super people, convenient, yeah, people were great. People were super cool. You know, like everyone was just so friendly. We made a lot of, you know, good friends out there that, that will last a lifetime. It was, it was, yeah, it was we, we were out there with the Injecta family and like just seeing their, like the, uh, the way that they all interacted. It was really cool. Like it, it like kind of like reminded us of, 
of what we have here, but like they really, you know, um, like they all run those machines, but they all hang out and they all go to breakfast. And it's just like, it was, it was fun to be a part of that, you know, yeah. and, and to see like, they're not just sponsored people, but they actually like, they, you know, they care about their work. They're pushing each other, you know, they're all complimenting each other. There's no, like, there's no like animosity. So I think like when you package that all together, it just made for a really great visit. The core of a collective, right? I mean, an art. Yeah. Exactly what you guys are trying to do yeah. is a collective of people that can get together, push the limit of what can be done for, you know, a t-shirt design or, um, and obviously that's going to stem into, you know, your tattooing or your other creative outlets. Um, if you're being creative in one thing, I think it, it definitely spiderwebs out, you know, for sure. So um, next stop on that, uh, the inked up Rockstar Energy energy tour is uh toronto one of your local boys there steve soto is going to be uh the attending artist um what's talk about that the the 12 can thing the the whole deal and then you have the 13th artist has that been chosen yet no, no it's actually voting started on monday uh the contest is going on right now that's that's a lot of fun you know i'm glad these guys have been able to hop on there and get their artwork uploaded onto the website and you know have something to be a part of and that's yeah. About two years ago, um, yeah, I, I was lucky enough to be friends with one of the early marketing executives at Rockstar and, and stayed in contact. They started about the same time we did. They got a little bigger than we did, but, uh, um, you know, so uh, they saw us in the tattoo market as um, kind of like their vehicle in, you know, like they said, oh, well, you guys seem to know what you're doing. And so uh, they said, listen, we want to do something in tattooing, um, you know, what do you think? And so they really gave us the freedom to, to kind of come up with the entire concept of everything from start to finish. And for us, like, it was really important to keep it, like, within the community. That's why we only do things that are at conventions. That's why we keep it within a circle of social. So that way, like, the audience and the message is still somewhat, Inter inside of the circle of tattooing like it wasn't something exploitive and that's like that was important especially in the beginning because like you know to get guys like uh robert atkinson you know or atchison and like uh sean barber like those guys are really sensitive to what they are a part of and so you know like things that relate to television and stuff like that they they don't want any part of that so for us it's like we had to be really sensitive of what they would want to be a part of and, and, and really gear the tour to something that they would be proud to represent. Because, like, for us, it's like we didn't want to do something that they weren't stoked on at the end of the day. And so by doing a can art contest, it just seemed to make the most sense. Yeah. You know, and so, uh, but luckily Rockstar thought it was successful enough to do it again. And so we're fortunate enough to be able to see all these cool places that we never could have seen you know, without their, uh, without their help. So, um, let's break it down too for the listeners, just to kind of make it dummy proof. It's, it's 12 artists that both us and Rockstar, uh, pick together. Um, it's an art contest. Art goes on a can. Winner gets $25,000. Actually last year, the winner got 25,000. This year we broke up to our first place, got 20. And then we did a second, third, second, get 2,500, third, get 1,500. Um, and then, um, you know, we have a, a big art show at the end of the, the end of the season, and uh, and it's a 
a world tour. So Rockstar funds it for us to travel all over the world. And we at every stop, there's a Soul and Angel contest, which Rockstar said uh, is a must. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be, man? <laughs> and then uh, Soul and TV is there at every function filming it and pumping out, you know, three to five videos. Yeah. Um, so each artist gets us a, a different stop. So it's, it's, it's been a blast. And it's a pretty, it's a really big prize for such a small contest. Like, it was just like, for us, it was, you know, we do that for free. You know, like, they fund the travel and stuff like that. But, like, as far as managing it all, like, for us, being able to give back to the artists is what drives us to do it. You know, so, like, you know, being able to call an artist and say, hey, man, you got a 1 in 12 chance to win 20 Gs. You know, um, and they also get a good amount of money just for, you know, participating. So, like, you know, for us, that is what is really drives us to, to do it and uh, was what got us so excited about it, you know. Um, and then seeing the cans and, and the way people respond to it and being able to be on the road and, and, and go to places like Sydney that we would have never been able to see other than that has been, uh, it's been cool, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It- it's, uh, you know, interesting. Tattooing is very political. And, you know, you talk about the, you know, some guys and, you know, artists that are reluctant to get involved with things that have a certain stigma um, to them. You know, it's been a secretive kind of community and things are exploding. And so I think personally it's incumbent upon us as the people within the community to take that stuff back. And it's easy these days to post you know, what pictures, videos, YouTube clips, whatever you want, and the information that we want to release to the general public that's going to make their experience with tattooing a better one, we have to do that. And so it's cool to see a company like you guys who are going to be able to approach somebody like Sean Barber, who um, I've, you know, has strong feelings on a lot of these issues, um, and he's going to be cool with doing it. You know, because it's coming from an authentic standpoint, you know. I think, I think Sean also, too, like, we have a long history with him, so he trusts us. He knows that we're not going to, like, exploit him, you know. And, and right. we're very lucky that we have those relationships. Since you know, when we do bring these opportunities to these guys, you know, they know that we're not going to, like, you know, do them wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that, like, that we were very lucky that we've had a, a longer history to be able to provide that to them to where they felt very comfortable doing it. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, being a brand, it's our responsibility is to, uh, just to make it cool, you know? Yeah. We're very cognizant that the industry is very small and that things, you know, all it takes is one thing, you know, and it's, you know, so, you know, we try to be very sensitive of, uh, as much as possible to um, the industry and the people involved and, and try to treat it with the utmost respect because we're very fortunate that we're able to make a living from it. So, you know, you have to water the grass. And so, yep. you know, uh, and so we're always thinking of that when, when we're doing anything. Yeah. How did the uh, one cool thing that I think, and we just had um, uh, a Bloodborne Pathogen class at our shop here this last Sunday. And one cool thing that I've seen you guys are doing is that uh, it's the antimicrobial denim jeans. How did that, how did that come out, uh, about? Because I think that's a cool thing. Because we are, as tattooers, and, and you've seen it too, Jeremy, you, have, you look down and what's on your jeans? 
splattered different colors, you know, from, from the machine spitting or you moving across from your station to the client and it drips. Um, how'd that come about? Because I think that's cool and I think that's pretty much as regulations increase, that's kind of on the cutting edge of what I think a lot of artists are going to be wanting. Well, it's like opportunities kind of come through, you know, sometimes the most uh, unassuming things. And I had a friend of mine that uh, brought this antimicrobial uh, and it was meant for uh, textiles. And he said, oh, yeah, I want to sell this through, you know, action sports or whatever. And, you know, I said, man, this would be perfect for tattooing, you know. And, uh, you know, so anytime I can take something that, you know, uh, looks like it could work in tattooing, because it's like, because I was a working tattooer, I know the things that working tattooers, like what they, uh, what they're facing and, and, and the things that, that they would want prevented, you know. And, and I think, like, no part on your body is more susceptible to pathogens than the tops of your legs. So um, it just made sense when the antimicrobial thing came around to do genes, you know? And so we spent a long time figuring out the process of application and, uh, you know, and developing that to where we were able to launch it and, uh, you know, and so anything like that, we're really proud. Anything that like makes tattooing better, we want to try to to do that. Like right now, we're working on uh, th this technology that literally uh, repels staining completely. So you could put any tattoo ink on a shirt and rub it in and leave it in there for three days, and it'll like wash out with your hands. Like we put um, acrylic paint on a shirt. And, and left it for three days. It was like like a periwinkle blue on a black T-shirt, brought it to the sink, rubbed it in, and it came out. So it's like we're always looking for technology that we can add that, like, says, hey, we care. You know what I mean? Like, we're constantly trying to do things that say, you know, we truly are committed to tattooing and thinking about ways to make it better. Yeah, absolutely. It, it shows. I mean, I think, and again, I think the success comes without the authenticity, you know, yeah. and as an artist and as somebody that's been involved with the community for a long time. And, you know, I've made a clear distinction on the show from the very beginning that there's, you know, the industry and the community are different. The industry is this big monster that, you know, a lot of people are afraid of. And the community is the small group of you know, tattooers, and it's grown now. I mean, you can, that are doing the right things and are, are like-minded in their um, ideas to push the limits of, of tattooing. And, you know, oftentimes the style isn't what I like to see, but man, I sure can appreciate the art, you know? There's a crazy things going on in tattooing with, with the amount of quality that's out there. So what's the... What's the last tattoo, Jeremy, you saw that just blew your mind, dude? Uh, the one Carl Grace posted up a couple days ago. I was just like, oh, man, I got to repost this one just because, well, it was also his first Solon shirt, you know. So I didn't, I didn't even know it was a tattoo. And he posted, I'm like, holy shit. And, uh, yeah, Carl Grace is, 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 a, is a nut. But I, I actually, um, it's weird because when I first started collecting, you know, my first probably – I don't know, 20, 30 tattoos were uh, from Ryan. Um, and then I started meeting some of the color realism guys, you know. But now I've been on a, on a traditional kick, you know. Like, 
Um, some of some of the, the the leftover room I got, I've been um, you know I got work from Mike Chambers, Oliver Peck, uh, Jacob Donny, um, who else? But you know it's 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 weird, you know how. Um, I even did some traditional one, yeah, a couple pieces. Who? I did, yeah, a couple. Oh of yeah, them. yeah. What kind of stuff do you like, Jeremy? Uh, I mean, uh, Ryan, what, what kind uh, of... Uh, what kind of art? Like, yeah, it's st style that you tend to like to tattoo in or, or even just like what's appealing I, to you I, as an artist nowadays. Traditional. I, I kind of like like traditional realism, like for myself, you know, like I started tattooing in 96. So like, you know, when I was apprenticing, it was like outlines and, you know, but I, you know, totally get and appreciate you know, like where guys like Nico and Rich Panita take it. So I try to take a mixture of black and gray realism and traditional fine line and try to find a mix. Like if I could say like a watered down version of Jeff Gogway, you know what I mean? Or uh -huh. stuff like that to where there's still line to kind of build form. But then I like to try to shape realism because I did have a traditional art background. So I do like to make things as realistic as possible. So, but like aesthetically, you know, I love what Carlos Torres is doing. Like, I feel like, you know, even Carl Grace, like what's interesting about him is like, he doesn't stencil, like he draws everything from scratch. And so when I see him post, it like blows me away at the creativity that I just, the guy just comes up with on a daily basis. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'd probably shoot myself if I, you know what I mean? Like. But, like, he learned that style, and he adopted it, and, and he owns it, and, you know, and so, and, but not everybody knows that. Not everybody knows that that just comes from his brain. He draws it on the skin, and sometimes he doesn't even stencil it. It just, he puts it out there. And to me, like, that's, like, high risk, high reward. And, uh, you know, so I'd say, you know, those guys are two huge influences. I really like Rich's, Rich Panita. I feel like he's, you know, um, you know, he's really pushing hard to like evolve and, you know, get color realism to another level. Uh, Bob Tyrell is an, a monster yeah. uh, influence of mine, you know, and, you know, and not just in tattooing, but just in life. The guy's like, you know, he, he's just, he teaches you to be nice. And he's just like, you know, you just want to be a better person when you're around him. So it's like, I love uh just being around bob because it's like you can't you can't be sad you know and he's just like always positive and and uh you know so we're lucky that he's around quite a bit mm -hmm. you know? excited about where tattooing's going yeah you know it's it's funny because it's definitely going somewhere you know like uh it's going there fast it's, too it is you know and it's like more about i feel like the stories are going to become more of a like in the forefront you know like whereas like right now it's like everybody's trying to you know render it perfectly but then it's like once you've rendered it perfectly then what's the next step so it's like i feel like then the next step is going to be storytelling what's the story that you're telling and really evolving that to where it's like and then seeing how far people can push it you know and uh so it's an it's an exciting transition from like going from looking at it when it was traditional to like to realism, then to pushing color realism, then to being more abstract, and then seeing all those come together, which I believe is kind of the future, and 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 seeing where that going, where it's going to go, because you know, like I feel like guys like Josh Payne are like kind of like the start of that, where it's like, 
He's taking all these different styles and concepts and making beautiful tattoos with them, you know. And uh, so I enjoy seeing, you know, people push the boundaries and doing clean, good tattoos that um, are just like not something you'd ever expect to see. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. I've said it before. It's a pretty exciting time to be in tattooing and, um, you know, there's so much uh, out there these days. I think it's it's interesting. I came up around the same time that you did tattooing in a street shop in Monterey. Um, you know, military payday six down six blocks down the street was our payday. You know, it was um, what you got was on the wall. You know, if you wanted lettering, it was out of a book. It was a speedball lettering book, and you know, from from there, it's just. It's evolved to this crazy thing that we have now. But um, how is it? Uh, you have people coming through there all the time to uh, to Sullen. What's the craziest shit that's gone down there? Uh. <laughs> I need I need like maybe your your best Jack Rudy story or your best um, big Gus story. That guy's a maniac. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Jack is awesome. I mean. You know, like, uh, he's got so many stories and, you know, like... Uh, well, getting Jack and Charlie in a room. Oh, yeah. They, they come down a lot, uh, Charlie Cartwright. When the two of them are together, uh, there's usually a good solid four hours of stories, which yeah. is great. Yeah, I've sat with Charlie on a night when he came to... Um, he just, you know, he's just 40 minutes from me. And, yeah. And uh, so he, he came over to the shop one night and was hanging out and telling stories you know, being 19, running from the law down at Texas and getting in car wrecks and just like nonsense, man. It was awesome. I think the craziest time or the coolest time is usually right around like a big convention because then like people from all over, they come here. So it's like on a Friday or, or a Thursday, like maybe before Ink and Iron or Muse Inc., like all of a sudden we'll have like 10 or 15 artists coming through here and, uh, and like they're all talking and there's a lot of energy. It's a, it's a fun time to be around this building. And, you know, like it, it's not lost on us how cool it is that these people come here all the time. And, and, and we get to, to draw or, or talk and, and uh, you know, and, and meeting new artists that come through here that they maybe they want to see the gallery or they want to just check out the place. And, you know, so. Or the people that meet each other here, you know, like I always. I've been trying to live in the moment lately and realize and appreciate what's been going on because there's so many days in your day-to-day -day where you're busy and you're just going through the steps and people are coming and going. But then you, like, look at some of the pictures you took at the end of the day or, or you know, like, one artist shows up, he leaves, another artist shows up, oh, I just missed you, and then they're talking on Instagram. You know, but there's a lot of artists that actually meet for the first time here, which is which we're, you know, proud of as well, bringing a lot of these people together. Yeah, early on, like, the, like a lot of the guys that we brought on, like the collective, so to speak, you know, they were coming to us saying, you know, it's cool that you guys did this because a lot of these guys didn't talk before, you know what I mean? And, like, and you guys kind of bridged that for them, you know, like... Uh, and they became friends through working with us. So it was, you know, like it wasn't something that was intentional, but um, it was something that happened. And like, and when they were, it was brought to our attention, you know, it was something that we kind of wanted to do more of, you know. And so it's like we always try to keep it very open door and 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 try to bring that as much as possible because, like, for us, it's like we love the idea of of like empowerment and growing and 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 providing and so 
you know, it was one of those things that was on the back of our mind, but to hear it and to see it, is, it was really rewarding. Yeah, Roman Roman uh, made me feel really good one night. We were having an after party. I think it was Muse Inc. or Inc. and Iron. And he's like, we were just at the bar getting a beer. He's like, Jeremy, you see all these people in here? He's like, five years ago, a lot of these people didn't like each other. And they were very competitive. And they weren't talking. He's like, you were able to bring all these people. And now everyone's having a good time and enjoying it. And I never looked at it really that way until he pointed it out to me. I was like, that's cool. It made me feel really good. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's interesting how... Um, nowadays you can have uh guys and you know it's one difference i did see in la and in the southern california area and the difference between that and up here um you have such a concentration of really good artists down there that it's mostly custom you know you're going to go out and hustle your own business you're not taking necessarily walk-ins at least in the shops that i went to you know and all those people do collaborate. They, they do go out to, like you said, breakfast. They do talk about their designs. They hit each other up on Instagram. And it is more collective down there, it seems, than, you know, for me, I got to go to Sacramento, let's say, or I have to go to the Bay Area, which is an hour away, um, to get that same, um, you know, fire under my ass, I guess. Uh, but uh, you guys have it right there, right in, in, in building, pretty much. That's but at pretty the same good. time... At the same time, everybody does. A lot of people still do live an hour, two hours away. But um, you know, making that drive, you know, in Southern California, you, you gotta you gotta have a car down here. Yep. You know, yep. but you got you know Nico and Rojas and, and uh, Mario and all these guys up in the high desert. And then you got Roman Pineda down in the lower desert. You know, you got L.A. Hollywood. You got Orange County, San Diego. But it's all an hour and a half away from each other. Yeah. You know, so how do you guys um, balance? How do you guys balance that? Um, being, you know, in all sorts of different, you know, it, within action sports, within music, you have selling, you know, selling TV, selling music. You guys just did something with uh, Yellow Wolf, which is um, pretty exciting to see. Um, you know, how do you balance that as a, you know, one in your personal, you know, in the in the personal daily life of just like fuck, man. You know, you have a lot of projects, you know, and then as a business, you know taking it across all those different genres i think it's just it's just uh you know it's part of the branding and the storytelling you know i, I always want to have fun with the storytelling part of it and there's a lot of fun stuff that lands in our lap you know um growing up in southern california we've developed relationships with all the promoters so whether it's hollywood san diego or orange county ie um we have a lot of cool concerts or shows that land in our lap and they just want the Soul and Art Collective there, they want us there, so they're like, hey, can you guys come and be a part of this show? You know, we got this metal band or this punk band or this hip-hop group, um, and we're just like, sure, they, they give us a VIP list and all service and all that, so I'm able to bring everyone together, and that's just another reason why I think uh, we have that family vibe, because there's a lot of these guys, they work their ass off, and they want to get out and have a little bit of fun and take their girls out or their boys out or whatever, and uh, we just, you know... There's a lot of opportunities like that that uh, are around us. Yeah, and too, when we started, we didn't have a marketing budget, you know, and so, you know, we had to lean on things that we could do, we could action. And so, like, you know, uh, Jeremy was, he's a networking phenomenon, you know, so many people. So, like, you know, for us to, to get our message out, we had to, uh, uh, we had to figure out ways to do it. So we would get these monster guest lists together for clubs, and, like, the trade-off was, all of our friends got in for free, 
the promoter had a pack club and uh, we got to put our name on the flyer. And so, you know, but doing that for like many, many years, all of a sudden you start working with bigger promoters and bigger shows. And then now you have 13 years later where you're doing shows with guys like Yellow Wolf and, you know, uh, bigger name acts. But, um, you know, so it's like from that beginning of not having any money to market with, you know, we just had to be resourceful. So, you know, those relationships that we had back then, we still have now. So we're able to still put our name and, and, and stuff like that to where now the artists that, you know, because in the beginning it was just the friends that we had from around town. Right. Now the artists are like, oh, I want to go to that. So it's just a different kind of, it's a different person that we're putting on the guest list. But it just gives us another way of saying, hey, thank you for working with us. Here's your free pass into this show. Hey, you know, and, and so just constantly trying to give back because, you know, uh, we're, we're not rich. And so, you know, any way that we can, we can do something that's nice to the artists, then uh, we, we try to do that. Yeah, it goes you know? back to like we were talking about here in the building. You know, um, sure, we're getting older. We don't go out and about like uh, like we used to. But there are a lot of guys that are still looking for something to do. So, you know, I, I we had a party. I think it was the hip-hop show with uh, it was either the Ice Cube or the game. But Roman came down. And then I invited some of my friends from Suicidal Tendencies, Nico, the guitarist. You know, um, Roman and Nico are at the table together. Next thing you know, I see them a couple months later, you know, partying together, and I'm like, oh, look at these guys at a Suicidal Tendency concert, Roman's backstage, you know, that sort of thing. But they met there at the table. Um, that sort of thing happens all the time. I think we're just really good at kind of connecting the dots and, and introducing people to each other. But I always, always remind everybody that art comes first, you know. It's, it's art first, um, tattoos, but luckily tattoos in action sports go hand in hand. Tattoos and music go hand in hand. Tattoos and, you know, uh, MMA, I mean, Solon can be sold in an MMA shop without us sponsor any UFC fighters, and, and, and we'll do just fine because it's just yeah, it's like we mentioned before, it's the common vein that you know runs through everything you're doing, which makes sense. You know that that guys are going to resonate with that. Yeah. You know, yeah, it goes through the filter, tattoo, and then everything else. So <laughs> it's like you know, and and before it wasn't like that, but we really like you know, like within the last seven years, we've made it like that. So. You know, because we realize this is where we are, this is where we need to be. We should only focus on that. You know, you live and you die by the sword. So, you know, now it's kind of like that to where it funnels through that. And if it makes sense, then we do it. If not, then we just, we don't. It still has to be organic, you know. I mean, if we're sponsoring Mike V, it doesn't mean all of a sudden we're trying to be a skateboard brand overnight. You know, if Ryan gets, you know, eight artists to do collaboration, nitro snowboards, or the, you know, grenade snowboard gear, it doesn't mean we're trying to be a, a snowboard brand. You know, it's, it's, it's placing our guys' art on something cool and having fun with it. It's giving them visibility. It's not like a moneymaker thing. Like yeah. Usually the yeah. deal is like they get to sell it, the artists get however many they want, and then, you know, we get to have our logo on whatever it was they made. So, you know, um, for us it's like just being the facilitator for tattooers' art to be seen in areas that they would not have had provided for them, you know. Yeah. And for us, like... You know, uh, it's one of those benefits of working with us that we're constantly searching out these collaborations and collaborators that make sense to, you know, showcase artwork on things, you know, that make sense to be showcased on, you know. And, and, and so for us, it's like we just want to put art on stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and if it's a snowboard, cool, because now we have a rider snowboard. Yeah. You know? 
No, I that's great, man. I want to sell a snowboard. You know, like, so, you know, so that's kind of where we go with the, like, the other brand collaborations and, and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's more just to promote um, the, the artist or, or, or that style of art to a broader audience. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What music are you guys into right now? Like what's on what's on the, what's on the uh, the iPhone playing on the dock? I'm a Motorhead guy. Yeah. You know, I like old stuff, and I like mellow music too. And I, I all the mellow stuff I like, I don't even know who plays it. It just plays on my Pandora. Right. But so I can, you know, check this out. Right as we were starting the interview, I'm getting text messages from my wife. I told her, "Don't text me for an hour." You know, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be uh, doing this interview. She was getting mad at me because I spent. Um, I guess like 140 bucks on iTunes over the weekend. I had some drinks Saturday night, and uh, I started buying all the old music that I don't have anymore. I started buying up all kinds of Led Zeppelin and freaking Bob Marley and, uh, I mean, all the ACDC, all the stuff that I grew up on as a kid. I'm just like, I need, I need to have this. This is, this is wrong that I don't have this in my phone. And I went on a tear buying all the old music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't realize. But, um, yeah, I, I had some drinks. Hey, man, that happens. You know, <laughs> we, I had uh, Clinton Lee, um, uh, what, it's Clinton Lee Tattoos. Uh, Clinton Kreider, who's um, an apprentice of Russ Abbott's, and I had him on the podcast. I met met him out in uh, Colorado as well. And for, I don't know why, man, this last summer I'd get hammered, and then I'd just be. I've only talked to the kid like you know a handful of times, and you know, hung out with him out at the convention, and I'd just be like, "Hey, what's up?" You know, like just texting the most random people. And uh, he had a crazy he had a crazy drunk strip club story uh, from being in Atlanta. You know. Shit happens, man. It's going to happen. You know? Oh, well, you got some cool music out of it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of music, so um, I think it's a decent timing to bring this up, but we're actually, we've been helping out Freddie Negretti. Freddie's coming out with an album. You know, on the solo music side, you know, like I said, tattoos and arts number one, but we, you know, we do have a, a, a marketing machine here, so music and tattoos come hand in hand. So I'm able to, uh, I got a small independent record label. We're able to release music. Um, and a lot of tattooers, you know, they, they're musicians as well, so we're releasing an album with Freddie Negretti. We're going to release it um, during the Ink and Iron convention. He, we got physical CDs. It'll be up on iTunes, posters, all that good stuff. And then I know, like, Rich Pineda, he, he comes from a music background. He's wanting to do some more music. Um, who else? But, yeah, like I said, tattoos and music go hand in hand. So as long as tattoos and art come first, then, uh, then it works out. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, um, you know, music is... It's getting played in tattoo shops, you know, all day long, every day. You know, we go through, shit, man, we listen to a lot of East Coast rap. Um, we listen to a lot of uh, Tupac. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of, like, Bay Area stuff. Um, I Am Sue, and then L.A., like, Problem and King Fantastic. But how so, fun is it to do with, like, everybody's, like, listening habits? I remember when I worked at a shop, like, everybody had, like, their, like they were so passionate about it. And then, like, you had, like, your window of time to play your music. And so it was, like, this constant battle of, like, oh, that sucks. I don't want to hear that. Or, you know what I mean? Or when do I get to play my music? I remember that was, like, always a – music was always a contentious thing in the shop. Yep. Always the shop. Always shop drama with, with the music, what music is going to get played. And right. Yeah, exactly. You get your two-hour block for the day, and that's it. How loud it is. Yeah. People take it serious, you know, and it's, like – 
I think us, like I going back to us as a brand and doing the storytelling and the branding, you know, um, we do have some badass rock stars wearing Solon, and I do want our social media people to show it. But it's funny, it's like we 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 post Sinister Gates of Avenged Sevenfold Rock and a Solon shirt on stage, and you know, the comments, you know, it's like, oh, you call that metal or uh, oh, they're the best, you know, or you post be real, you know, oh, hip hop, white, post punk rock. Like people take their music, they're, they're real sensitive about it. Yeah. You know, I think people are sensitive about a lot of things. You know, how do you guys deal with, you know, the, what we talked about earlier, you know, working within a really kind of political and volatile industry where people have big egos and they have, um, you know, strong opinions? How do you guys, how do you guys work, deal with that? You just be above it. You know, like you hear, Always take the high road. You, you hear the stuff, but you just don't, you just tone it out, you know? So it's like, yeah, there's. You know, every now and then, I mean, we've been really lucky to where there's not a lot of that here, you know, but every now and then, you know, like this person will piss off this person. But, you know, like you have to say, you know, uh, did it involve me, you know, and it never does. So it's like you just say, hey, man, that's your thing with that person. And, uh, yeah, we're Switzerland as much as possible. People try to involve us in, in conversations and um, yeah. we yeah. just we just we've done it. Uh, we've done a good job or been lucky i guess at um and not getting caught up in a lot of that because you know ryan he he's lived it he knows it you know he, yeah. he taught me and um you know and as for a lot of the negativity and haters we've been real fortunate you know you'd think as we've grown we would have more haters i know they're not everyone <laughs> likes our style i know not everyone's going to want to wear our stuff and they could hate us but luckily they don't tell us about it you know so we don't have we don't have a whole lot of people or if we do we just stuff. tone it out we just try to focus on growing because the thing is is like we genuinely care about art and so as long as we know that that's what we're doing like anything else doesn't matter because like you know we're just moving forward so anything that comes at us like you know like oh this you know that on instagram it's like so what who cares you know like as long as we're genuine and we're and we're really trying to put something out that's good then nothing else matters yeah. but at the same time every employee under this building you know, knows some of the basic do's and don'ts, you know what I mean? Like, we want people to be educated on, you know, tattoo etiquette, you know? So, whether it's our social media people or Soul and TV or even people in the warehouse and production, you know, there's just certain things that they they, they know um, whether it's not to bring up or, you know, whatever yeah. terminology they use. Yeah. Well, most grateful for and biggest lesson you've learned over the last uh, 12 years with Sullen in life. What was the second part most grateful most, for? Most grateful for and the biggest lesson learned. Huh. Biggest lesson learned. I think the biggest lesson learned for us was to uh, focus on one thing. You know, when we made the decision to go, like, because it was a big risk for us. Like, we didn't know how we would be perceived if we went full tattoo, but we knew that we had, like, for us, it was like we had to fully commit to something. And whether it... it doomed us or it, it brought us up, we had to make that decision because for five years we were kind of, you know, we were growing, but it was only like we were basically funding our friends' wardrobes, you know, and we weren't making any money. I mean, literally for five years we made zero. So, you know, we were working two jobs. Jeremy was bartending. I was building websites and tattooing. And so, like, it was a struggle. And then once we, once we committed to the industry and said, you know what, everything else doesn't matter. You know, it's what created our growth. And so I think for us, I think that's probably the most important thing was realizing that 
you know, for any business to be successful, you have to commit to something and it needs to be something specific. You know, like you can't try to make this broad thing and it's like that's we're comfortable that not everybody likes our stuff. That's great. You know what I mean? Because to me, when you start diluting what you're doing, like people stop paying attention. And so yeah, you're not gonna have every shirt and zoomies or you're not gonna be in this big mall chain, but who cares? You know, like if you have your core audience that likes what you're doing, you know what I mean? They'll support you because the thing is those big chains, they're not gonna support you. They don't give a shit about you. So you know what I mean? As soon as the new thing comes along, they're going to dump you. So like for us, committing to something and staying committed to it was probably the biggest lesson that we learned. And so it's like for us, it's like we're going to stay here no matter what. And, you know, those people that want to support us, awesome. If you don't, that's awesome too. Yeah. You know? So you Stay know, authentic and focused. Yeah. So it's like we're not going to jump on the next trend if like all of a sudden – Spike TV goes to doing tattoo shows to doing hairdresser shows. We're not going to all of a sudden do hairdresser shirts. You know, it's like, you know, we're in it for the long haul, you know, whether it's popular or not. And, uh, you know, because to, be, to us, it'll always be popular. Whether it's popular to the guy that, that just has a tattoo is irrelevant, right. you know. And so uh, I think that was the biggest lesson. Well, kind of on the same, same page as that is um, not, not, not chasing trends, you know, like you said, when bright colors are big or, um, or earth tones are big, we're, we're still making a whole lot of black shirts. You know, um, yeah. we, I think there was a quick second where we maybe, oh, let's try this. But that's before we were really um, out there. We were still trying to find ourselves. And we, we were teasing with the idea of going after some things. But once we realized we are who we are and to stick with it and not to chase the trends, you know, like Ryan said, we, we've come to the realization tattoo world is – yeah, it's, 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 it's growing, it's blowing up, but at the same time, it still is a small, tight-knit community. So we are a small, tight-knit brand, and we may not be as big as um, a lot of our competitors, but that's okay because as long as we're able to you know, put food on our table and pay everyone under this building, we're fine with being a, 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 kind of like a, a bigger, small brand or a yeah, smaller, yeah. big brand. Right. Yeah. I think the biggest misconception people have with us is they assume that we're huge, and it's like, we're huge in a small community. Yeah, it's like they're like, oh, you guys are blowing up. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, we still struggle on paychecks. You know, it's like, you know, we have a, 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 a strong visibility in a small, small market. So, you know, um, and, and that's where we want to be. You know, and I think that some people just assume that we're, you know, because they see it around so much that we're, you know, uh, rolling around in Ferraris. But it's nothing <laughs> the truth, you know. Well, let's hope. Let's hope uh, y'all get there at some point, man. That'd be cool. To I see. never want a Ferrari. That's for them. <laughs> Ferrari. I want to ride in the Ferrari, man. Well, in the vein of being positive, in the vein of uh, um, paying it forward a little bit, there's a charity. I want to bring this back. I've been slacking on it for the last few shows, and I want to bring back this fifty-fifty program that I've been doing. And with the podcast, um, what I like to do for the guests to be involved and let my audience be involved in. Um, some of the things my guests are involved in. I'll the guests choose a charity. Um, any donations that come in to help support my show this week, 50% of that I will donate to the charity on um, your guys' behalf. So um, I know we talked about a charity, and, and uh, Jeremy, why don't you give a little uh, insight into who you guys want to raise some money for or at least awareness? 
Well, we've been working with uh, Shani Joe over at the Keep a Breast uh, Foundation recently. She, we first met her through the first year of the Rockstar Inked Up Tour, and they uh, they do they um, it's it's for breast cancer, and they do these uh, the, these molding casts where they'll they'll cast girls' breasts, and um, and then they give it to artists, and the artists paint on them. And um, I know we that was part of the the rap party, the the art show that we did it. So with the ink and iron coming up here uh, in our backyard in Long Beach. Um, Ryan and Trace reached out to us and asked if we wanted to be the curators of the of the art show that they have there on the Queen Mary. So we're we're running that this year with the help of uh, Tim Shelton. He's the owner of Still Life Tattoo over in Still Beach. He's he's curated a few shows with us in the past. So um, we wanted to, of course, bring on a charity and Cheney Joe and the Keep a Breast Foundation is going to be a part of that as well. And they're going to be doing the same thing, casting up some some breastplates and putting some beautiful art on it. Um, so yeah, that's uh, let's see. I got the website right here. It's uh, Keep dash a dash breast dot org um so go yeah go check go check that out guys um like i said if you want to donate to the show it helps support the show it also helps support this cause you can paypal og joe swanson at gmail.com um if you forget that go to the real joe swanson uh, dot com if you forget that remember family guy the guy in the wheelchair his name is joe swanson i am the real joe swanson now you go to my website go donate and then I will get some money to these guys, hopefully. If not, awareness, just, uh, you know, share it on Facebook. I'll try to get a link up there and uh, get some other people that may um, be able to donate as well, interested and, and involved. So, um, guys, where can people come to check out all of Selen's stuff and what's next for you guys? Uh, well, selenclothing.com is our, is our website. Um, and then, of course, we're on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook is forward slash Soul and Family. Instagram is Soul and Clothing. Um, Ryan's personal Instagram is uh, at Color Crimes. Mine is uh, at Uncle Jeremy. And um, and if artists want to submit art, it's just design at Soul and Clothing. Right. So. Yeah, and like we always want to remind people, um, Ryan, he's not looking for somebody with three hundred thousand followers. There's people with thirty followers. If he falls in love with the artwork. And if he thinks it'll work, then it'll work. You know, we're not just uh, looking for the famous guys. You know, so um, yeah, we are probably what a year and a half out. Yeah, you yeah. know, we we you know we backed out. we're backed up right now, but always looking for good art. So people yeah. can feel welcome to, to to continue to send us art. Great. Well, uh, check these guys out on Instagram at Uncle Jeremy at Color Crimes at Sullen Clothing. Uh, go to SullenClothing.com. Uh, great stuff, guys. Really, uh, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. you taking the time. And um, so. for everybody that uh, um, would like to check out my work, you can find that at OG Joe Swanson um, on Instagram, Twitter, also my website, therealjoeswanson.com. Thank you for listening, guys. I appreciate it. Um, and we will see you next week when I have, uh, I believe, Matt Hodell is coming on the show. Then we have uh, Roman Abrego coming on. Um, and uh, some other guests coming up that I'm sure you guys will be excited about. So stay tuned for more great shows, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, guys.